I'm sorry, I don't really have a humorous banter for an opening on this episode because we're talking movies. We're talking Bones of Crow, starring Grace Dub, Philip Forrest Lewiski, and Remy Girard, written and directed by Marie Clements. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, like Scott, I did not have any notable quotables for this. This is a pretty heavy film. Uh, basically, we're going to be talking about Bones and Crow, Bones of Crow, sorry, uh, that has everything to do with residential schools and the devastating effect it has had on the indigenous population here in Canada. Uh, yeah, let's just uh, get into the show. Into the show, Scott. Uh, why don't you uh, take us away? Yeah, I like to um, piggyback what you're saying. Here's the thing: like some movies just leave you in a state right um where you just need to reflect not only on what you saw but the message and the history that's presented to you and this is one of those films like i'm still only less than 24 hours um 24 hours away from when i watched it and i'm still digesting everything on it um but before handing it back to you um, for your initial thoughts. I just want, I do want to say like congrats to Marie Clements for this film. It's, it is an outstanding achievement and I'm really was shocked to see it didn't win anything at the Canadian screen awards. Yeah, I agree. Take it away, Chris. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you. I'm uh, shocked that it didn't. I mean, it it got five nominations, which is amazing. Uh, the cinematography is great. The acting is fantastic. The story is you know fantastic. Uh, I mean, I do you know later on the show, I do have some like kind of technical challenges with the film, but all in all, it's like it's 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 like it's like watching Schindler's List. Like you again, there's no there's no enjoyment factor. In, in this film, right? Like you are watching history being told by someone who is, I mean, she's a mate. She's Métis. Uh, Mary Clement is a, you know, before she was a, a filmmaker, she was a, she, and she is a playwright. Um, so, you know, the family in this film is Métis and Cree from, uh, I believe it's Manitoba. And that's kind of where she's from. And you get a sense of, the gravity of this film because it's being told by someone and, you know, actors who have direct experience or, you know, at least direct through their family members of the residential school system, the continued like racism towards indigenous peoples um, here in Canada. And yeah, I thought uh, I, I was shocked that it didn't do better. Sorry. I kind of lost my train of thought. Cause there's kind of a, like, like you, there's a lot of stuff going on in my mind about this film um what what is your what are your original like what are your uh what's your takeaway uh on the first viewing of this thing like i know i don't know how much background you have on um the residential school system here in canada like scott what's your what's your take yeah like this like going into it um you know and it is uh I would say a travesty, right? Because, you know, this is a part of, you know, Canada's shared history, these residential schools. And then, you know, I didn't, like, know much about them, right? Um, which is shocking, because especially when you have, like, that text piece at the end, 
finding out that, you know, apparently they were closed in 1996. So I would have been, what, uh, 15 years old when the last one closed. But there, there, there wasn't any talk of them. And I, I think that could just be where I grew up, like, located. I don't think we had any really around us that I'm aware of. Did they? I don't. But... That's a, actually maybe our producer while we're doing this. Uh, did Six Nations have any residential schools? or And if not, where are the closest residential schools to the Kitchener-Waterloo area? Keep going, Scott. Yeah, so watching this and then you know doing some research on it after watching it like finding out that you know those 215 unmarked grave sites were literally in the camel Kamloops 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 yeah. Indian residential school like they found those graves a week before they started producing like production started on this film and they're shooting at that res school so they're literally watching these like while filming watching these bodies get exhumed right which you know is fucking devastating like i cannot imagine not only working on it but like being in that situation where you know it i i think it just makes the um what's the word I'm looking for, you know, just giving them more resolve to make sure this film gets made and out in the screen. So, you know, more imbeciles like myself, you know, can uh, be aware of this history that, you know, Canada has. Yeah. You're shooting a film about the murder of your people, essentially in a gravesite that's being exhumed of the murder of your people. Like, yeah, and I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that like you're an imbecile for not knowing this stuff. There are, we have done a very poor job in our educational system talking about anything that had. To, well, and maybe now, like I said, obviously I'm not in high school anymore. Um, but I don't remember a whole lot of time spent on really just the relationship between the government of Canada and Indigenous people. It was sort of like we showed up. They were happy to see us. You know, we fought in some wars together against uh, the Americans. Then we fought in some wars against. Uh, you know, the Germans or the Japanese, everything's great. And here we are today. Like that, that was basically the, the history that we were taught in this film. Uh, and I do want to uh, correct myself. Um, she is Mary Clement is Métis, but she's actually from British Columbia. And the reason I got that confused is because there's a mat, like probably the biggest Métis population is in Manitoba. Uh, if you want, I obviously like the, the most famous Métis person that we probably know here in Canada is Louis Rial and the Red, Ra Red River Rebellion. Um, so this movie is heartbreaking, like heartbreaking. Um, I did find, uh, the time shifting nonlinear format a bit confusing at time, but it does still work. Like the effect of like how their trauma, like using flashbacks to show how their trauma is still with them now. Um, and then actually cutting, like actually cutting back to that time period and showing parallels between, you know, they're there the, you know when her sister is in jail and then showing how that jail is very much like the residential school system when her husband is liberating a concentration camp in nazi germany and he's seeing 
how it's exactly like how he was treated in residential school. Uh, I thought that was very much used uh, to good effect. Um, the acting is fantastic. Uh, like all the actors did an amazing job. Uh, Grace Dove, who plays the the protagonist, Ali Spears. Uh, she was also, so she's, uh, she, uh, okay. So the, the indigenous term for their uh, tribe is, uh, or sorry, nation is uh, Sekwepak. And but the English translation is the Shushwap people. Uh, she's from British Columbia as well. She was also in Monkey Beach. Uh, I believe it was last year we did an episode on that film. Uh, she's also in The Reverend, and she is currently on the TV show Alaska Daily. She did a great job. Um, amazing actor, like super powerful performance. She actually reminds me we just did uh, Ellie May May uh, Ellie Maya Tail Feathers film. Uh, the body remembers when the world broke open. She actually reminds me very much of her uh, in an acting style. Yeah, I don't know if you would agree with that, Scott. Sorry, I lost train there. So you're saying that Grace reminds you of Ellie? Yes, 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 style? as an okay, actor. Okay, yes, okay. yes. Sorry, I okay. was kind of rambling yeah. on there. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. I would guess, but I'm, I don't know. Like, I. Uh, I find her her own like even the um, the makeup done in this film was extremely well done where they're like slowly aging um grace to because it was a hundred year lifespan correct something like that, that like 90 something years it was long but yeah so uh but i know what you mean like this yeah like it's a devastating film like and there's no redeeming qualities for for it like in terms of you know the one music teacher priest that you think at the very least you know is saving her is technically you know spoilers like you find out he's technically saving her for himself when she gets older yeah right and that's just devastating. You're like, well, at least, you know, there's one good one, right? But then you're like, fuck, no, there's not. <laughs> there's not one fucking good one. Well, and the fact that he was able to rise so high in the Catholic Church as well, right? Like he ends up well, being, I believe, the Vatican treasurer or something. Yeah, let's let's not get into Roman Catholic politics here and <laughs> how you rise because, you know, that's... Well, I am Roman Catholic, and um, it is one of the problems I have with the religion is all the raping of children. You're, yes, that 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 part? that part. But there are people of faith that like will defend these people, which I don't agree with at all. Right. So that's the thing. That's why I don't want to get into the religion part of it because it's fucking stupid. Um, like having just having what it was just recently, right? That the Pope just apologized. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of showed it, right? Like he like apologized. Well, that wasn't the Pope because that was two thousand nine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yes, you're. I, I, I think you're right. There's like a more recent. I mean, I think your current Pope. Mm -hmm. has been a more apologetic but when the ending of this film is the pope being like yeah sorry you know those guys they did bad yada 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 um and i don't want to spoil that part of the ending but that turn 
in the car when the priest is like, ah, you know, yeah, I might have done those bad things to you, blah, 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 blah. That what happens in that car scene is awesome. And I thought that was so well done. Um, I, I really don't want to spoil it because it was such an important scene. And I'm probably already giving away too much by making you know that there's something about that scene that's really special and really powerful. Um, but uh, I thought that was such a such a cool way to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was it, it was a good reveal and twist, I would say. Um, but w- when you look at it, it it's literally just um and and that's the thing cuz you don't want to spoil it, I can't really talk about it but i just like that it's you know one protecting another right yeah and the, the cool thing about this story is it's not just like you know indigenous person children get taken away the you know the residential school and then their whole lives are bad after like i they did do a good job of showing how they like the residential school was awful, but they still seem to find some fortitude. And unfortunately, like especially her character, uh, Allie Spears, she seems to have been able to like continue to just move forward and move forward and move forward. And like early on, you see like when their one brother dies when they're trying to escape, then the other brother is taken away from them. And then her sister has like the worst life. You know, I, I, I shouldn't even say that a different one, but she ends up in like prostitution and in jail and having her children taken away. And then the husband dies. I mean, obviously this is all happening at different parts in the film, but like her, uh, great stuff's character is able to just kind of keep plotting forward. And she's working for that rich asshole white lady who, uh, you know, thinks so little of her. And then she's able to say like, yeah, and my, uh, my son's like an artist and my daughter's going to be in is, you know, a lawyer. And, and, and it wasn't just like a one track. There's like, how the residential school system has affected multi-generations, how it affected this person specifically, and how even the people in her life that went through the exact same experience, how they their results were different, right? Like there was no one way and one thing that happened. And it talks about like the physical abuse, sexual abuse, the emotional abuse. Like it's awful, man. And it doesn't it doesn't hide from it, right? Nope. Like, absolutely not. Right. I, I'll I will say this and it's not and don't like if you find it kind of like insensitive or, or whatever I, I apologize it's not what i mean but some of the best horror movies is you don't see the kill or you mm. don't see the trauma right mm. and that's what it that's what it did you see they don't like they the allude way... to it yes they allude yes. to most of the violence and, and stuff and then once you you know pick up on it right like once they allude to it and like show like especially that one scene when they were gonna run away but the youngest daughter gets caught and then you know the priest comes in yes when they show that like you you don't at first it took me three seconds right but then once realizing what was actually happening you know like you're like fuck and and that's what made it like so scary right because it's it is like um like fucking traumatizing and and that's the thing with any shared event each each person deals with the trauma differently right like we've seen with veterans and everything like that everybody deals with it differently and that's what i think the writing was so strong on here that you know you you got to see later on into effect like how the shared the shared trauma affected each 
of these characters, right? But the only one I'm not sure of was the brother. Like, did we ever see I, him? You know, I don't think you ever see him again. And I think that's the whole thing. It's like he was taken away and just disappeared, basically. <laughs> yeah, because when they're older, yeah, they weren't. Um, now, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, um, do you remember when growing up, how they used to like fucking play Roots all the time on TV. Yes. Like the miniseries. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's because at the time Roots was the biggest like fucking success story in TV, right? Uh, but it, I think it was like played annually. Now, on September 20th, 2023, here in Canada on the CBC and APTN, they're expanding this into a five part five-hour tv miniseries which is going to delve more into the story and this family through through um the hundred year generation um i think like i don't know how graphic it's going to be because it is on the cbc or anything like uh, and everything like that but like this should be technically our generation's roots where it should present every year our shared history and not hide from it, but, you know, grow from it in which it should be like, so people will know about like it using it as like a teaching resource, like a constant exactly. teaching resource. Absolutely. And it, it's actually, uh, so Philip, uh, uh, Wittinsky, uh, who played Adam, uh, he's actually going to be returning, uh, I believe, as that role for the TV show. I'm looking forward to that coming out. Well, I think everybody's returning. I think it's all the same actors and everything like that, to my knowledge. Oh, it's fantastic. I think I like I, I didn't find much about it, except that it's going to be like each episode's an hour long. But I think it's literally like technically and this isn't supposed to sound insensitive, but it's like the Snyder cut where it is like the five hour definitive presentation of this. Now, whether or not they're going to keep the nonlinear in the miniseries, I have no idea because, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but. I mean, I think I it would, would be kind of cool to just shoot it chronologically because because then you mm -hmm. can you basically you, you pick your section of time. Right. Like maybe so it's like when the kids are first being taken away and there's like an episode, then the next one is like residential school. Then there's the war years or, or however. Right. Because and I mean, you could use smaller um, cutting back to uh, like, you know, maybe you open with the character at the end of her life and we're kind of like jumping back and forth, but less jumping more in that time period, because then you get a sense of like. What was it like for those characters in that time period? Did it get better in 1960? Did it get better in 1980? Or yada, 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 yada. Um, mm -hmm. So just before we like forget about this. So uh, according to our producer, uh, yes, there was a residential school in Brantford. It operated, uh, which is near the Six Nations Reserve here in KW. Uh, it operated till 1970. So far, they found 97 graves uh, on the site. Uh, it is now a Mohawk Cultural Center. Uh, and the school was run by Anglicans. So, I mean, it didn't matter what church was running it. Uh, they all did an awful, awful. I mean, the whole premise is awful. Um, one of the things I really liked about this from from a cinematic perspective was they had some they did a really good job of showing like some 
traumatic events. So one example is what you're talking about where they don't show you, they elude. Uh, but one of the things that really strikes in my mind was when they first come to take the children and the parents are being forced to like, like the signature, the signing away is, is so brutal because it's like, we're going to take your kids regardless. And if you don't let us, I'm air quoting for those that can't hear, we're going to fucking put you in jail. So, but we're still going to make you sign this paper to make it all like legal. Like how, like, not only is it bad that you were taking your children, but we're going to actually make you sign them away. And then that whole signature aspect, in my opinion, is kind of revisited when the only way the mom can protect uh, Ali Spears, Grace Dove's character is like, enlisting her basically being like go fight in the second world war because it's the only way to protect you from the residential school system and actually that is a quote that we probably could have used where she's like it's kind of funny eh like the idea that like a war is safer than the residential school system yeah but they alluded to it another time as well and that was with the sister um where um she stated like in the in the jail that you know, for her to see her kids quicker, she had to sign the p- the piece of paper with unknowingly letting like adopt like signing their um, adoption paper so they could be adopted abroad. Yes, without knowing what she was signing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a very good point. Uh, that scene actually is really great because uh, so if you watch uh, Reservation Dogs or if you've seen Bones, which we did on our show last year, no, sorry, not Bones, um, the the one about uh, the Mohawk, uh, the Mohawk uh, uprising last year. What was the film that we did there? Oh my God! Uh, I can't believe I forgot that. T- hold on a second. Oh, uh, it's Beans. It's one. Beans. It's not Beans. Bones. Yes, because <laughs> we're doing Bones of Crow and it's Beans. So Paulina Alexis is the the other woman that's in her cell with her. And I like the fact that I've seen her in enough stuff now that like, I didn't even have to like, I didn't recognize her visually, but it's her voice. Like she's got a very distinct voice. And I was like, I think she might've even also been in, um, uh, do, 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 do. so yeah, she was in Ghostbusters Afterlife, Reservation Dogs, as she's one of the main characters uh, as Willie Jack. And then she's in Beans, but she's got a very distinct voice and she's always like a badass motherfucking character. Like, if I was ever shooting a film that I needed, like, just, like, a hardcore uh, persona, like, that's that's 100% where I'd be going. Because I think that, like, just her screen presence is, like, tough and surly. And, she's and that's just... 100% what you couldn't afford either. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, oh, Dreamweaver. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that scene was really interesting, too, because, like, they're both kind of just, like, old hat at being in the system by that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. did you did you did you watch this film with anybody? I watched it with my wife actually. Oh okay. And so what was yeah. her her takeaway on this? Uh, it's the, it was the same. She like I, I would say she she liked it, but she after her she was speechless kind of thing, right? Like she didn't really have like any commentary on it because anybody I do watch it with, I always ask them so that way we can relate here, but. Yeah, she didn't really have any commentary. Uh, she was just like, um, okay. Like, she she literally, like, went, finished, drank some tea, and had to go to bed, right? Like, because uh, it was like I was saying in the beginning, right? Like, you have to, like, literally, if, I know, it was my own fault. Like, I should have watched this a couple of days later. So I was, 
so I could digest it and everything like um because yeah I think she had to do it too and especially with you know being a woman um it's a 100% different perspective than I had right like because especially it was I know she was traumatized too with the scenes of you know the mom and the dad chasing after the kids in the car after right like that 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 fucking trauma of you know giving up your kids and her literally like cursing her husband saying this i knew this is what was gonna happen and you signed that fucking paper right and that's the thing you never see the father again too you you have that little snippet of them in the car right when she's about to put her in the train to go to war and the father does his speech about us not being the same without them and them without us. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you could tell, like, based off of, you know, since it's supposed to be like her flashing back to that that single, like something fucking bad really happened to that dad too, right? Because you never, yeah, because you never see him again either. Yeah, and then when she's talking to her mom, saying you're you're still gonna be here, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, me and your dad will be there. No, and she was like, no, 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 I mean here. Like, when I'm done this, I'm coming back for you. And the mom just, like, has no reply. Like, no, like, yeah, okay, right? Yeah, so one of the, uh, just what you were talking, made me think of, like, one of the other sections that I thought was just, like, so brutal, like, just as part of our history, the idea that, like, her husband gets wounded in, in combat. You know, serves serves a, serves this country. In order to do that, he had to give up his status, uh, his Indian status. That's the the, the term. Um, but because but because he's actually still indigenous, he can't become uh, he can't get any veterans uh, disability or any, his veterans give up all his rights to serve the country. Gets wounded and then needs to be you know taken care of as any other soldier in combat would be. And is then denied those very benefits. It's fucked. Like, it's so fucked up, man. Yeah, when he's like, it's 300 bucks, right? Yeah, my eye and my leg is worth $300 to the Canadian government or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the thing. And you saw, you saw even during the war as well, when they have like little snippets and, you know, they reconnect. She still, you know... um, I don't want to say ideal, but she still believes in what what's said, right? That, you know, they're going to get the land, they're going to get this, blah, blah, blah. But he's more... Cynical, absolutely, right? Because like he... he was like, everybody that I know that's left has gotten nothing, right? That's been discharged, has gotten nothing. But he, but her hope kind of goes into his, and, you know, that's why he goes into his cycle of... Um, like drinking Uh-oh. and drinking and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And then the ending of him, that character is fucking awful too. Like, yeah. So the big takeaway, super important film. Uh, I, I do want to just give a couple like technical critiques. Uh, I do feel like they probably could have done a better job sometimes with the nonlinear format. Like it, it did get, there was times that it was a bit confusing. Some of the dialogue that's just conversational was a bit wooden so, and I don't, I don't know if that's because she comes from like a playwright background and playwriting, like play, playwriting versus screenwriting can be a bit different. Um, there's a bit, like I said, and I'm not talking about like the subject matter, uh, like the, the, the high points or the really dramatic moments were, were well done. Just some of the, just kind of like filler conversation 
And I wonder if that's just because in a play, you don't have that for the most part, right? And, and, and let's be honest, writing dialogue, I would say, is the hardest part about screenwriting, right? You can have great story, you can have great, like, location and all that. But just writing, like, this, like, conversational dialogue and not having it be boring or, like, stunted or wooden, wooden is very difficult. So um, one of the things before we kind of get out of here. So, like I said, uh, Mary Clement, so she wrote, directed, produced this film. Uh, other films that she's done are The Road Forward, Red Snow, which is about uh, an indigenous soldier captured in Afghanistan by the Taliban. Uh, I definitely, that is now on my watch list. Uh, she also did a film that I want to check out called Unnatural and Accidental, which is based on her play The Unnatural and Accidental Woman, which is about uh, indigenous women living on the lower east side of Vancouver. That's like Hastings. It's kind of like uh, where there's a lot of like drugs and poverty and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to check out both those films. Uh, as a playwright, uh, she did Burning Vision, The Unnatural and Accidental Woman, and Age of Iron. Those are three like really big plays that she did. I just really want to make sure that uh, our audience checks out more of her work, uh, both on the screen and on the stage if they have the opportunity. Yeah, so one of the things I forgot to point out in this show, which is super important, is they're using indigenous languages. Like there's a lot of Cree but basically, anybody who's from an indigenous nation in this film, primarily, at some point, will use their their national language, which I thought was super cool. Uh, and I forgot to put that in the main part of the show. So hopefully, uh, it gets at least into the after show component. I agree. It, no, it was. It was It was good. Because that was the thing, especially like, you know, when Adam and, and oh my god, I'm having a brain fart on the main character. mind either and he says his right like you know it was a pretty touching thing yeah and i mean it's to, a good to... way to you know these people are trying to salvage whatever's left of their culture and so by basically putting it on celluloid i mean we don't actually put it on film anymore for the most part but by getting it into the, like the common usage uh i mean we saw it also in night raiders uh lots of kree used there it, it allows them to like rebuild and re-strengthen their language and bring it into the modern world and expose more people to it. Right. And I think that's, uh, um, so it's, it's very admirable that they're not only willing to do this, but they still have the ability to do so. I agree. I think that's a good ending point. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. This was like, there's points you're watching, you're like, like, really? Like, priest's gonna make a little girl suck his cock? Like, this, like, fuck! Like, how did we let this happen? (laughs) So. No, 100%, right? And and that's the thing, like, are you gonna, are you gonna do the miniseries? Are you gonna go five hours? Well, am I gonna watch it? Yeah. Yeah, of course I'm gonna watch it. I mean, we watch all kinds of fuck, what, what?
like, did you watch Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> no, no. What I mean is, am I gonna watch it all as like one shot? Probably not. Uh, no. But I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, because that's the thing. I'm just like, fuck. I don't know if I want to revisit this like so early, right? <laughs> so soon, be like, fuck. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.